0: In just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Hey, what's up? It's Nolan from Past Gas by Donut Media. We are an automotive history show. This week, we're talking the life story of Gilles Villeneuve, Canada's most important Formula One driver This guy is a national hero up there, and truly one of the greats taken from us too soon. He started out racing snowmobiles when he was a teenager. He invented one of the most important snowmobile innovations ever, which is crazy for a Formula One driver to do, and eventually became just one of the most legendary drivers of the 1970s. This guy raced for such a short time, but had such a large impact. And it was super cool to talk about a Quebecois racing legend. That's Pass Gas by Dona Media, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Number one automotive podcast. Pass Gas.
2: Uh, I've been. We should go there.
3: Okay. I haven't seen like Nolan's house or his school or anything, but uh, I love it up there. Yeah, it's nice.
1: Yeah, I uh, drove through it on
2: the highway and it was like pristine. Like we drove through at golden hour, so I was like, oh, this oh, is cool. nice. Yeah. yeah, the
1: sunsets there are pretty nice. I would like to take the Z's up there for uh, Z Day, mm-hmm. which we have in our like central park of Atascadero Base. I'll go up there. And uh, it'd be really cool to have everyone out. We could probably, you guys don't need to stay at my parents' house unless you want to, and we can have a
3: sleepover, but
1: probably do like an Airbnb or something. For cool. sure, dude. That yeah. sounds
3: like a lot of fun. Let's do it. <laughs> you know what else you should do? Part two Ooh. of the John DeLorean story, Assault on Detroit. De- yeah.
2: DeLorean. <laughs> he is, he is, he is De-
1: DeLorean. <laughs> DeLorean Iron Activate. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: running speed initiative <laughs> uh-huh. okay, Welcome Error. back to Passcast
3: podcast. Uh, I am James Pumphrey. Across from me is Nolan Sykes, Hello. and to my right, Nolan's left. Starboard is, is starboard. Joe
2: Webber. I No, I'm just going by starboard now.
1: <laughs> Whoa, <laughs>
3: damn, dude! Really damn. On some
1: Bowie stuff. <laughs> Joe comes into work <laughs> next week with, like, face paint.
2: <laughs> like, two different color eyes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just thought of a really good, sorry, this is sidetracking already. A really good episode for this, or a title for this episode is, He's Just a Man, DeLorean. Whoa, that is very good.
1: Yeah. Man, I get, let me write some Star Wars jokes in there real quick. Yeah,
2: man, that's a really good reference to that show that came out four months ago. It's still huge with SEO, dude. <laughs> <laughs> baby yoda returns
3: (laughs) this week uh we're very uh excited to present part two of the john delorean Mm -hmm. of the john delorean story last week was super fun the john de story whoa assault on detroit past gas podcast it's about cars it's not
2: about ports
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Past Gas Podcast. If you like Past Gas, please help us grow by giving us a good rating and a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll really help us out, and I really appreciate that, so thank you. All right, now
3: for the show. When we last met up with John DeLorean, he had decided that instead of fixing the awful DMC-12 stainless steel sports car, big air quotes on sports car, by the way, that he would just build more cars instead. But why would John make such a bad business decision? Well, the DeLorean company was hemorrhaging money, and they knew from the very beginning that the funding they had been given by the Northern Irish government would only pay enough to get the first car out the door. And being the risk taker that he was, John decided to try and exploit a clause in their contract that promised him more aid if he increased the number of factory jobs. Clever. After all, Jobs were viewed as the be-all, end-all in Northern Ireland at the time. What he didn't take into account was a shift in British politics. Several months
1: after the initial groundbreaking of the DeLorean Motor Company plant, Margaret Thatcher's Conservative Party came to power in Britain. A major characteristic of the English Conservative Party at the time was their disapproval of the government investment into private industry. Margaret Thatcher specifically viewed the government's investment in the DeLorean factory as a bad deal for the British government and immediately cut any further investment into the company. John DeLorean thought that more jobs equaled more money, but Thatcher didn't see it that way. DeLorean was running out of cash and heading straight for insolvency. His back was against the wall, but you wouldn't have known it by looking at him. Handsome. Yeah. He had to somehow partially pay back the British government as well as prove financial viability or else the government would seize all of his assets and dissolve the company. He began searching for outside funding and never losing his signature level of chill. He would frequently walk the factory floor and promise all his workers that he had just secured more funding towards the factory, despite being over $175 million in debt. This strategy held
3: until mid-October of 1982. Because on October 19th, 1982, news broke that John DeLorean had been arrested after meeting with undercover FBI and DEA agents. He was charged by the U.S. government with trafficking cocaine. What? Yeah. Yeah. The guy with the chin implant and the good hair and always partying in California? (laughs) Unbelievable. That guy? Yeah. The U.S. government stacked eight drug charges against him. And of course, DeLorean pled not guilty. But it was going to be a tough fight. Mm -hmm. The feds had hours of video showing John planning investments in illegal cocaine trafficking. The video they nabbed him with showed John sitting in front of a briefcase filled with 59 pounds of cocaine, valued at $6.5 million. Reaching in and grabbing some while claiming that this is better than gold. Pretty damning.
2: Yeah. The and cake. that dude loved gold too. He made some solid, not solid gold <laughs> DeLorean. The gold he, plated, full plated. Gold plated one. One. Yeah. They sold
1: that in Sky Mall, correct? Yeah. No, it was
2: a Macy's. Oh, yeah. It was like a JCPenney or one of those yeah. like Christmas catalogs. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a cross promotion with MasterCard. That's so <laughs> hard. We covered that on Bumper to Bumper,
3: didn't we? We did. Check out that episode of Bumper to Bumper on the gold-plated DeLorean. The case against John DeLorean was extraordinarily strong, at least from the public's point of view. And really, it was the public's view on the case that mattered more than anything to the government. The DeLorean case was about as complicated as you'd expect. As far as the public was
1: aware, this was a case of a desperate man doing a desperate thing to try and keep his company alive. But this case has so many layers to it. So we'll start from the beginning
3: of the case built against John DeLorean. In the early 1980s, President Reagan announced a major expansion to one of Nixon's policies, the war on drugs. Whatever policies Nixon had in place, Reagan cranked up to 11, and government organizations were excited to demonstrate the true benefits of such intense policies. At this point in time, confidential informants were actually able to make a living... Yearly income purely by being an informant as a professional snitch, and That's on top crazy. of it all, cooperating could also help reduce prison sentences.
1: What would your snitch name be? <laughs> I wouldn't be a snitch. I'd
3: never f-ing snitch. Moot you point, Jimmy. <laughs> Moot point. Move little, on, little Jimmy Pump. Moot point. Move on. I'd never <laughs> snitch. Confidential informant Jim Hoffman (laughs) was no exception to trying to get the most out of his position. Jim Hoffman was picked up for drug charges a few years earlier and conveniently was also John DeLorean's neighbor in California. He reported to his FBI handlers that he had spoken with DeLorean, who had approached Jim suggesting a deal. And on September 4th, 1982, a meeting between the two at the LaFont Plaza was recorded by the FBI.
1: John was promised that a $2 million investment would net around $15 million straight back to him. But at the time, DeLorean didn't even have a million dollars to invest in this cocaine stuff. But there was the possibility that he could put up some collateral. The FBI wanted to catch John, so they staged a meeting with an undercover operative playing a banker who could secure a loan for him. The FBI was going to great lengths to make a deal that was, frankly, impossible for DeLorean. But it was in the FBI's interest to make this
2: bust. Hi, I'm uh, Agent Moneybags. Uh, I mean, Mr. Moneybags. Uh, Would you like some of my money? (laughs) For cocaine? Specifically for cocaine.
1: The U.S. government was attempting to merge the cases of DeLorean and one Morgan Hetrick, a suspected cocaine importer. This would give the government the best chance of taking both of them down at the same time. That way, the government got their big bust in the name of the war on drugs, and Jim Hoffman, the snitch, would get some more money for providing, quote, valuable information. (laughs) After hours and hours of recorded meetings, John actually hadn't given the FBI anything to work with, so they cranked up the pressure each party had something they wanted from the other the informant wanted his lifestyle delorean wanted to save his company and the feds wanted a major bust
3: <laughs> wanted a
2: major bust
1: wanted a major bust
2: can you imagine living like living as an informant and you just you know that you're like destroying people's lives and setting them up and shit? yeah just so you can live in like the Hollywood Hills.
3: Yeah, you're just like a piece of shit.
2: Yeah.
1: We'll get back to more past guests, but right now, a word from our sponsors.
2: Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move.
0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: The feds wanted John to put up the payment, but all he could offer them was worthless stock in his failing company. But that was enough for the FBI to close the deal.
3: It's such a weird, like, buying cocaine with stocks (laughs) is about as sad as you can get. it's a horrible
1: case because they're not, like, they're just going to move forward with this now Mm -hmm. and really just try to make this happen. Mm -hmm. But as we'll see.
2: No, nah, don't start that again. Okay.
3: Joe does not like that. Joe hates <laughs> foreshadowing. I don't get it. It's literary.
1: It's you're not
2: foreshadowing just because you're talking out of the side of your mouth. All right. Yeah, that's. I only... think you might like it. That's... <laughs>
1: that's the only time I'll we'll do that, Joe. I promise. In the middle of the meeting with an alleged drug dealer, an undercover FBI agent placed a briefcase containing 59 pounds of cocaine on the table. John agreed to put up the, quote, payment for the product, and that sealed the deal. Moments later, John DeLorean was arrested and placed into custody under eight charges of drug trafficking cocaine in the U.S. The evidence was overwhelming against John. Kinda. He was sitting in front of a suitcase
3: of cocaine. I mean, it's obvious, right? During the trial, it was brought to the court's attention that Jim Hoffman, the informant, Snitch. had actually been the one who contacted John in the first place. He heard that DeLorean needed money and saw an opportunity to help get his sentence reduced for his own cocaine trafficking. What? Uh, Okay. I know, dude. This guy sucks. This raised one major question. How far can the government go to lure a desperate man? In the days before the trial's conclusion, John said simply that it's in the hands of the Lord now. On August 16th, 1984, DeLorean was found not guilty on all charges. It was determined that the FBI and DEA had unfairly targeted and entrapped DeLorean by targeting a desperate man who would do anything to secure funding. They had forced him to make decisions he never would have unless they had been pushed upon him. Despite the acquittal, it was too late. DeLorean's reputation was permanently damaged and his company went into bankruptcy within a month of his initial arrest. I think you're probably a pretty good lawyer, huh?
2: Sounds like it. That's such a. Like great ending though to that whole thing. Not a great ending. Sorry.
1: No, I mean it's uh, it's a great result, vindication for John. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and it's just like so funny that they the FBI probably spent millions of dollars on this and then it just didn't work.
3: Well, they were forcing. You can't you can't force. Yeah. But just such a weird thing, and you wonder if like the GM like dudes had anything to do with it.
2: Mm. Oh. You know,
3: just like let's let's shut them down.
1: Shut him down. He's over there in Northern Ireland.
3: You know, like, (laughs) like I'm sure they're pissed off at him and the big three, it's not the first time the big three's tried to crush a small car company. So I think like, you know, the government and the big three are pretty close. I think that GM (coughs) orchestrated the John DeLorean framing. Do you have any evidence of this? It's all conjecture at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's theory, conjecture. Well,
1: let's move on. (laughs) While he was now free, the arrest and the trial had cost him everything. John's wife, actress and model Christina Ferrar, <laughs> filed for divorce only three days after the trial ended.
2: But luckily, he <laughs> found another actress slash model. <laughs>
1: uh, his reputation was in the can. When he was asked about his future after the trial, he responded, quote, Would you buy a used car from me? Damn. But things weren't over for DeLorean. Shortly after the trial, it was revealed that DeLorean had struck a deal with Colin Chapman and that mysterious GPD services organization years earlier. DeLorean's former partner, Bill Collins, had noticed some financial indiscrepancies in the contracts, which led to him quitting. You know, he was like, this is fishy. I'm just going to get out of here. But y'all doing something weird with the money.
2: Yeah, Bill's Bill doesn't want any blood on his hands.
1: Bill's like the only smart person in the story. Yeah, and he <laughs> got out, which is nice. For each... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a hiccup? I don't know. Uh, second puberty hitting me. Uh, for each dollar DeLorean paid Lotus, another dollar would go into this unknown entity, GPD Services, based
3: in Geneva. million had been funneled from the DMC partnership into GPD services, and it disappeared. Hmm. DeLorean's explanation was that GPD acted as a corporate middleman, but really, it was a shell company. Uh Uh-oh. As it turns out, John had made a very lucrative deal with Chapman. After securing money from investors, John sent $17.65 million to GPD. After which, Chapman would take and funnel the money through other European businesses and banks. Once that was completed, the money was split between the two of them, and a portion was deposited back into John's personal bank account. Hmm. This was, of course, fraud, Aww. and it allowed John DeLorean to convert his investors' money into his own.
2: Well, who's being the snitch now? Yeah, dude, why is th-
3: the only problem this guy has is that he surrounds himself with snitches.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so on September 21st, 1985, DeLorean was indicted on charges of tax evasion and defrauding his investors. And now he had to not only account for where that 17.65 million went, but also explain why 9.1 million of it magically appeared back in his personal bank account to prove that the money was legitimate. John provided multiple loan letters stating that the money received was was a loan with a distant expiration date. On top of that, all those loan letters were between DeLorean and Chapman with no <laughs> other witnesses. Fortunately for DeLorean, though, Colin Chapman had died from a heart attack a few years earlier, so there was no one who could prove him wrong.
2: And that's kind of a conspiracy too, right? That he didn't actually die? Is the, Oh, yeah. He he was shipwrecked or something, right? No, <laughs> yeah. that was another guy. Well, there's like so much the cloudy around his death.
1: Yeah. We should do an episode on Colin Chapman. All right, so there was no one who could prove DeLorean wrong except for his wife.
2: Ooh, no, she wouldn't. No way.
3: Ferrara? (laughs) Testimonies from his now ex-wife, actress and model Christina Ferrara revealed that she witnessed him between acting and modeling jobs. (laughs) Typing documents and forging signatures while wearing gloves to avoid leaving oils or prints. She then claimed that he artificially aged the documents by shining them with a sun lamp. Very and thorough. then she got back to her modeling and acting.
2: Yeah, John, what are you doing in the large closet? <laughs> Why are you wearing gloves, John? <laughs> You've never worn gloves in the large yeah. closet, John. What's up? What your your hands aren't oily right now. They're usually so oily. <laughs>
1: Another investigation tried to find out what happened to this $17.65 million. It was immediately discovered that GPD was no more than just a P.O. box in a residential neighborhood in Geneva. Jay Alex, the forensic accountant in charge of the case, said that on that first day of the trial, John walked in and told him, quote, I was talking about you on the radio, but I think I got your name wrong. Is there one ancient head or two? Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, that guy tight. rules.
3: Just bell bottoms, cool hair, big chin. Calls you shithead. Calls you a shit head.
1: Uh, so yeah, in that, like a
3: funny way. This
2: dude's like on trial, and he's like in the car. All that's the way.
1: that cool demeanor, you know. Yeah.
2: If someone said that to me, I'd be like, "It's not sit head. What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> oh. <shit. laughs> Somehow, Delorean had got
1: away with it again, but in the end. It didn't even matter how many times he won. His career and his life were destroyed at this point. No one would ever hire John DeLorean again. Just like Icarus, who flew too close to the sun, DeLorean's meteoric rise ended with him catastrophically plummeting back to Earth.
3: We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors.
2: I think getting away with it again is a little misleading, because one of them, for sure, he did. The other one... It's Kind of entrapment, mm-hmm. what well, 100% entrapment?
1: Oh, yeah, damn it, yeah. Sorry, that was worded wrong. Uh, he didn't get away with anything the first time,
3: no, no, yeah. He, well, I mean, he kind of messed up, he didn't like mess up as bad as the FBI said he did, but no. he was still like at the meeting, that's true, yeah, he was still like. He, he still picked up a bunch of cocaine and was like, this is worth more than gold. Like, yeah. they have that on tape. Yeah, the, it's
1: pretty unsanitary. I can see why that's a big right.
3: The circumstances around it were really shady and he didn't get popped for it. But, like, he was.
2: He was in like eight meetings. Yeah. Yeah. He took eight, <laughs> eight
3: meetings trying to trade stock in his company for cocaine. Yeah.
2: So. So, okay. Uh, I rescind my. Yeah. When you put it like that, how did they not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great lawyer. In
3: 1985 two years after dmc officially went under the greatest thing that could have ever happened to the dmc 12 happened the delorean made its silver screen debut in the film back to the future if it wasn't for that movie the dmc 12 would be nothing more than a failed sports car from another failed sometimes pompous asshole But in Back to the Future, the DMC car was a beautiful image of freedom and adventure. It showed to a wide audience of people who had never known or cared about the DeLorean trials, a beautiful, futuristic, stainless steel car. It finally allowed the DeLorean to be immortalized as the hero car John always wanted it to be. On July 25th, 1985, DeLorean wrote a fan letter to Robert Simakis and Bob Gale, the screenwriters of Back to the Future. In the letter, he wrote, I was particularly pleased that the DeLorean motor car was all but immortalized in the film and want to thank all those responsible. Thanks again for continuing my dream in such a positive fashion. Now DeLorean was certain his car would live on forever in the heart of every sci-fi loving kid for the rest of eternity. I mean, he's right. You yeah, hundred yeah. percent. There's
2: still you go to any Delorean meet. There's like seventeen <laughs> that look like that. Yeah,
3: it's like that car is on a million T-shirts and yeah. a million bedroom walls.
2: And, and it was almost a refrigerator. Oh, yeah, that's right. In yeah. Back yeah. in the Future, yeah. But they
3: uh, didn't want to encourage kids yeah. to get trapped in refrigerators because, like, at the time in the '80s, that was like a big public scare. Like, don't let your kids. Get trapped in an abandoned refrigerator. Yeah. What were they... Th- like? How- there was, like, an episode of Punky Brewster about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. On a
1: very special episode of Punky yeah. Brewster.
3: Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a fridge. I thought it want to call you. It's not yeah. cold.
2: But if we're being real, like, hide and seek, that's the oh, best the ultimate. spot yeah. to hide. I mean,
1: you do have to, like, take all, like, the shelves out. Yeah. And yeah. then people are like, why is the milk on the... Why does
2: it smell like rotting bodies? (laughs) (laughs) When when I was little, me and
3: my cousin put took all the shelves and food out of the refrigerator and put my other cousin in it, (laughs) and his mom got so mad. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Eighties were a weird time,
1: huh? Fridge scares, Mm -hmm. satanic cult scares. Yeah.
2: Nineties had their fair share of cult. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: like
3: cults. Yeah, you're in
1: one, right? Yep. You're, with, uh, you're going to Jared's?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm in Jared Leto's cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Uh, wear robes
1: all the time. I, yeah, we just wear, wear robes
3: s- all the time and listen to Gone in 60 Seconds.
2: <laughs> so do you think yeah, that... <laughs>
3: that's, yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> Gone in 60 Seconds to Mars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you think he's the best Joker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: What? Yeah, what? Dude, oh, name a better Joker than Jared Leto. <laughs> he's legend. Oh, Mark Hamill, actually. Yeah, right. Mark Dude. Hamill's way better. Mark
2: Hamill's right. the best Joker. Name a Joker that's more twisted than, than Jared. Jared. That's true. Yeah, yeah, there'
3: no other Joker even has any tattoos. Yeah, you, so you got me there. I mean, what is even? And his teeth are gross. Yeah, they're and like when he's the Joker.
2: When they're silver, the like fronts that he wears, I think so. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I like when he's twisted. When, uh, my yeah. favorite
1: part of that movie is like I really, I thought it was really cool when he put the knives on the floor and laid in it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: None of the other jokers even have, like, girlfriends. He has a girlfriend. Yeah, and she's hot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Dang, you're right. Yeah, can I come to that meeting and, this weekend?
3: Dude, yeah, you can come. <laughs> We'd love to have you. <laughs> Going to 60 Seconds to Mars is a great band.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, for real, I used to watch a lot of Fuse TV, uh-huh. and they played that video every day all, I like for one song. summer. That's a great song. Yeah.
2: I, I see you as, like... Just a little kid switching between Spike and Fuse.
1: Yeah, that was it. My life was watching Fuse, Countdown, and uh, uh, Ride with Funkmaster Flux. That, that's like my personality d- boiled down. Well, Dude, speaking cool. of personalities,
3: for being such a loud and important personality, DeLorean's life after his trial was relatively quiet. He remarried and became a devout, born-again Christian. Fifteen years later, in 2000, he filed for personal bankruptcy after over 40 legal battles regarding the DeLorean Motor Company. He was forced to sell his Bedminster New Jersey Estate. It was purchased by Donald Trump, who tore it down and made it a golf course.
2: John DeLorean's an innocent guy. Mm-hmm. He's my friend. He's my friend. Very good
3: guy. good guy. Cool car. On March 19, 2005, John DeLorean died after suffering a fatal heart attack in his home. He spent a ton of his time in his final years focusing on a new vehicle he called the DMC2. On the nose. His hopes (laughs) for a second chance at the sports car market. In an effort to secure funding, he sold 100 pounds of methamphetamines. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, In an effort to secure funding, he did a bunch of weird stuff the most notable of which was selling luxury watches on the internet under the name DMC Watches, watches you can still buy today for 140 bucks. As it turns out, a lot of the items claimed from the DeLorean factory were never sold and just stored in multiple large warehouses. In fact, there was enough there in those factories that you could even build entire DeLoreans if you had the time and patience. Recently, the DeLorean Motor Company name was purchased by an individual in Texas with the intention of providing restoration parts. Plans are even in the works for the DeLorean Motor Company to start creating their own new DeLoreans for sale to the public.
1: Yeah, you can buy them, right? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Only about 9,000 DeLoreans were ever made before the company failed. But you'd never know that based on how well-known and respected the car is today. People love the DeLorean, arguably almost entirely because of its exposure back to the future. <laughs> not because it's a good car. Still, the DeLorean is an arguably beautiful car, and its styling and presence in pop culture guarantees it will forever be one of the most recognizable cars with one of the craziest backstories of all time. Here, here, Yeah, here. John DeLorean. Trouble, not not really, I don't know about troubled, but...
2: No, he, he was very privileged. He got yeah. to do anything that he wanted mm-hmm. and it could have been a really sick car i wish it would have been you know like a lotus more like a lotus or yeah mm-hmm. I,
1: I it just seems like you know until like the 70s he was just such a, a powerhouse yeah he was like the dude he was the guy i mean still one of the greatest i think like automotive ha- minds yeah of the- absolutely 20th Absolutely. century,
3: 100%. One of the most influential guys in all of cars. Yeah. And I still,
1: I, I still really admire him
3: despite the 100% the, and like reputation. Yo, know, GM guys didn't like his lifestyle and his pizzazz. But like, I like yeah. that. Like, Turns out, yeah. 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 Pizzazz makes you like someone. Yeah. Man, I like pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, I love like the who the f- is that guy? You yeah.
2: Know? I think a running theme with this show is like, <laughs> if you're a maverick and you make like, Million dollar decisions that affect a ton of people's lives, like that always backfires. Yeah, like it always. You, there's always something that trips you up. Like I don't know, <laughs> but when you're a huge personality and you're like, everything I've done up to up to this point has been gold, uh-huh. then you don't have that like foresight to be like, well, maybe this isn't a great idea. You yeah. just kind of go with your ego. Yeah, it's- you've gotten to where you
3: are by not questioning yourself. Yeah, and then you don't question yourself when you should have maybe
1: yeah so is the is the lesson then to not question yourself i don't think questioning yourself all the time is the correct Mm -mm. thing to do that's something that i've been kind of trying to focus on lately is second guess myself less Mm because it always trips me up but maybe just having a friend tell you hey yeah
3: totally like check you something. but you know what man at the end of the day i honestly believe it dude life's a ride (laughs)
2: Dude, you live life out loud.
3: Uh, yeah, check us out. Every Monday, we're doing an episode of this show. Uh, everywhere that podcasts are streamed, uh, mm-hmm. check out our YouTube channel if you haven't, Donut Media. We also have a whole channel dedicated to podcasts, Donut Podcast. Yep. Follow Nolan on Instagram and Twitter at Nolan J. Sykes. Thank Follow you. me on both of those at James Pumphrey. Follow Joe at Dark Webinar
1: on Instagram and Joe Weber on Joe Twitter. Webb.
2: Joe. Webber. Sorry, I'm. Uh, there's t- too many yeah. Joe Webbers out there. I there's no platform where I have just Joe Webber. Mm.
3: We'll put the uh, Joe's info in the description. <laughs> uh, follow Donut on everything at Donut Media. Uh, I love you. Yeah, that was fun.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home.